Wait one second while I go sure. grab something to drink. Yeah, no problem. I will pour it again. Okay. So, um, okay, Rhonda. Okay, so you've created a methodology called the Wheel of Fear, and you help people get off the Wheel of Fear and get onto their Wheel of Freedom. So I really like that concept. Uh, could you please explain what the Wheel of Fear is, and is it based on breaking existing patterns? Absolutely, it's, it's based on breaking existing patterns, but more importantly, it's changing your filtering system. So neuroscience says that the number one way to change your life, right? You can change your behaviors, you can change your thoughts, you can change your feelings, right? You can, you can work per thought, per feeling, which is obviously built on awareness. But when you change from the wheel of fear to the wheel of, wheel of fear from the wheel of freedom, you're actually changing your filtering system. So regardless of what's going on around you, whether it's a, a good moment, i.e. joy, happiness, excitement, celebration, or it's a sucky moment of like, oh my God, I just got fired. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, this, I feel really sad about this loss in my life. Um, the filter in which you look at that event will be altered. So yes, it changes the pattern, but even more importantly, it changes the filter in which you look out of. So events may be exactly the same, but the event is not the same. And the reason the Wheel of Fear and the Wheel of Freedom, the reason I created them is I'm sure most people have heard, uh, you know, if, they're, if they uh, do a lot of self-help or any spiritual work, they've heard the concept of there's only two emotions, love and fear, right? Yeah. And I, and I agree with that, right? There's, when you get down to it, there's only two emotions, love and fear. But the trick is, is that fear also uses love against you. So where does people pleasing come from? Where does lack of boundaries come from? Where does codependency come from, right? Where do all these things come from? Well, they come from a desire to love, but it's based in fear. They don't know how to love themselves and another human being. They don't know what that feels like or looks like. So some of our most loving acts are actually being driven by fear. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a literally a way, when, when, I, when I created the Wheel of Fear and Wheel of Freedom, it solved a huge problem for me because I felt trapped in, you know, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing the good thing, I'm doing the should thing, I'm doing everything the right, but I still didn't feel right, right? I didn't feel okay with myself. I still felt like there was fundamentally something wrong with me. And so when I look through the eyes, through the filter of Wheel of Fear, Wheel of Freedom, all of that gets erased. All that feeling of trapped, all that worry about being good girl, all that worry about am I doing the right thing, all that shooting, all that disappears. So yes, does it change patterns? Yes. But more importantly, it changes your filter. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with all of that because, you know, but I won't, I won't, I will stick to my questions. Um, but you know, somebody was saying something the other day and they were like, similar to what you were saying, an event can be, you know, you can see an event happen, but you will be so sensitive to like um, a critical moment that you miss out on all the good parts. And so where can we trace back to the origin of like, why would I be so attuned to a critical, critical um, moments instead of like, you know, somebody complimented me? Well, it's because of your past experience and we're all driven the whole way we work, our neurobiology, the, the way our brain works and our whole body literally works out of preservation, pure and simple. We're in survival every moment. And so the feelings, the thoughts that we have that move through us are based on the overriding, 
filter that our body and brain has unless we change it is safety. Okay. And so it is better to, for safety reasons, to focus on what's not working than what is working because what's not working, I have to prepare in case something bad happens in case I'm killed, right? In case something, in case I don't survive. So we're literally wired. We're a prediction machine and we're constantly automatically trying to predict the outcome. And the only way we can predict the outcome with those tools that we have, unless we change our filtering system is based on the past experience. So your past experience isn't just your past experience. It's everything you've seen, every, you know, all your spirituality, all your knowledge, all your family experience. And also research is now showing that this is also handed down through our DNA. So you may not even have had the personal experience, but your great grandmother did. So, it, you know, being that, that statement that you made, well, I'm just, you're, you know, you're highly sensitive to when it doesn't work out. It's like, okay, well, that's nice. We know that that's a level of awareness that we want everyone to have, but you need a different way to see it. Uh, rather than just that awareness. The awareness is good, but unless you know what to do about it, you probably aren't going to change it dramatically. Right. Yeah, exactly. So what do you do about it? Well, that's why I created the Wheel of Fear and Wheel of Freedom, right? So yeah. the Wheel of Fear is four parts. And basically, I, cre- I help you discover what it is, what is that thought, what is that feeling that pretty much keeps you trapped in the cycle of fear that you're in. And again, most people don't think they're in fear. Most people just feel like they're in overwhelm or they're in procrastination or they're in perfectionism or they're having anxiety, right? So we don't label it fear. We just label it that thing that's stopping us. So that thing that's stopping us ultimately is that what I call the wheel of fear. So the wheel of fear has four parts. One, it's the thing that you don't want people to think about you. Two, it's all the fear responses that we do, right? So all the fear responses are procrastination, perfectionism, um, being hy- uh, hypersensitive, quote unquote, which again, hypersensitivity is not a bad thing when you uh, filter it, when you can uh, hone it, when you can guide it, right? So the things that we think are wrong with us or bad about us or you know, wish we could change about us are all our fear responses. And so when we do a fear response, what we end up doing is eventually, because it's not effective, it doesn't work in the long term, uh, what we end up doing is we end up feeling like, what's wrong with me? And we end up feeling the feeling that we don't want to feel, which is what I call the core negative, core negative feeling. And you felt the feeling before. I've felt the feeling before. Um, we've all felt that core negative feeling. And then when we're feeling that core negative feeling, it gives us full permission to self-destruct. And that's when we eat too much, sleep too much, isolate, uh, do drugs, smoke, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we're literally trying on a, on a slow bend for most of us to self-destruct because the overwhelming feeling that we feel and the overwhelming thoughts that we, we, we think people think about us are overwhelming us. They're just, we don't know what to do with them. So what I help people do is move from their wheel of fear, which I help you discover because everyone's is unique. Yours is different than mine and yours is different than your best friends. Um, I help you move to the wheel of freedom and the wheel of freedom gives you a different focal point. It gives you a different filter in which to look through so that you can start seeing the world differently. And I ask you to, uh, the first step I should say on the wheel of freedom is your essential nature. And your essential nature is that part of you that you put away long time ago because it was not safe to, not safe to hang out, hang out with. So, um, and then the, proactive behaviors that you're going to take to access your essential nature, which puts you into wholeness, which puts you into self-affirming. So basically there are two literal, literal wheels. 
and you can get off the wheel of fear at any point and you can get on the wheel of freedom at your essential nature. Always, always, always you'll get on through your essential nature. So for instance, I'll just tell you mine real quick. Yeah. My, um, my trigger is loser. Now, what does that mean? That means that, uh, if anybody even thinks, if it smell it, if I, it's, it's around me. Like you, you give me a dirty look, you give me a, any look, I can interpret it as, oh my God, they think I'm a loser, right? So now, did anybody call me a loser growing up? No. Was I ever called a loser? No. So this is the biggest trick of all. The wheel of fear does not want to be found. So when people come into my workshops, Fearless Foundation workshop, or when they take my Fearless Living Training program, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know I'm stupid. My father always called me stupid and my trigger is stupid. I always say, mm, no, what you think your trigger is, I guarantee you it's not. That's a fear response. It's not your trigger. Yeah. The trigger is way deeper than that. So mine is loser, which puts me, gives me permission on my, my fear responses to uh, maybe I brag, maybe I get impatient, maybe I get irritated at people. Um, you know, there's so many things that I do when I'm triggered by fear. And then it puts me, when I do any of those things, it makes me feel worthless. So my core negative feeling is worthless. Now for me, my essential nature is authentic. So my number one goal every day, all day is how authentic am I being? Now for somebody who's afraid that she's a loser at the core, um, being authentic is not a good idea. And this is the double bind. This is the trap that fear sets. The very thing that will set you free is the, you know, the very thing that you're afraid of. So I remember when I got authentic and I was like, uh, I cannot be authentic. What are you crazy? That's yeah. like the worst idea Scary. ever, right? I guess that's like the dumbest idea ever because yeah. everybody will then know I'm a loser, right? right. Um, but it's the very thing that sets me free. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, for me, I can relate to that. I have trouble expressing my authentic feelings and I, I try to, and I'm like, just shut up. Like right now that you sound so gross, <laughs> but it's, well, it's actually normal to do that. Well, I don't know if it's normal. I know it's fear-based. It is normal. I E, but do you want yeah. to be normal? Right. Yeah. Do you want, do you want to continue a behavior just because you label it normal? and get your, let yourself off the hook. Right? Yeah. So when you say to me, I don't know how to, I want to say my authentic feelings, but I don't know how to do it. Right. Um, so there's two things. One is awareness, but the second is skill. So there's ways to speak powerfully and impactfully on the wheel of freedom. So it sounds like there's a skill, but there's also a level of awareness and a level of permission, really permission, awareness, and skill. That needs to happen in order for you to feel confident and comfortable opening your mouth and telling the truth. Yeah. And also another thing that I'm learning about myself on this road to healing. So all is, uh, you know, I have trouble being in an authentic relationship because I'm always like on Instagram or I recently tried to break that habit. Just social media is so toxic for me, but comparing myself and like, Oh, you know, maybe I'm not good enough to be in a relationship with. And how would I go about changing that to love myself, but also have trust? Like well, skill? Yeah. Well, it's two things. I mean, there's many things. It's, it's not just one thing. There's no, 
one thing, right? It's, it's all about, for me personally, this is what's worked for me. It may not work for you. I mean, well, let's put it this way. I know it'll work for you. I don't know if you'll work it, right? Yeah. Um, so what's worked for me is I've read every book and I've gone to every workshop and I've done everything. And all of those things were nice and lovely. But until I understood how fear worked, it, fear would just use all my workshops and all my books against me. So I had to start, I had to get underneath it and really look at fear and become friends with fear in, and understand how fear really, really works on, a human, on, a hum, on the human plane in order for me to move beyond it. So, you know, can you be an authentic relationship? Of course you can. Um, the number one thing is, is are you willing to do the work necessary to trust yourself first and foremost and be authentic for your sake, not anybody else's? Okay. So I'm wondering, like, on your path um, to understanding you know, fear and the underlying reason of fear, did you, you know, I'm looking at, like, there's healers, there's coaching, there's so many forms of therapy. Did you try, you know, have you tried, what, what have you tried? What, you mean, what did I try before fearless living? Yeah, I, like, yeah, it's just so many yeah. options. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've probably done them all, and all of those in the world of fearless living are proactive behaviors. So nothing competes with fearless living. Fearless living is an add-on. I mean, in reality, fearless living is the foundation. And then everything else you do is a proactive behavior. So I don't care if it's energy work. I don't care if it's Reiki. I don't care if it's trauma therapy. I don't care if it's EMDR. I don't right. care if it's, you know, shaman. You know, I, I've done it all. Right. You know? so, so, so all of those things are lovely and healing and informational. But until you actually know how you work, like literally know how you work, not just ethereally, but factually, yeah. understand how your brain works, understand how your body works, and understand how to change it, all of those things are going to be great moments. They're going to be lovely. They're going to be amazing. I mean, I love to do shaman work. I go there. It's amazing, wonderful. But I couldn't really access the wisdom of that. I couldn't really grab it until I did the Wheel of Fear and Wheel of Freedom. And now when I go to a healer of any sort, uh, I can actually use what they gave me. I can actually do it. Where before, you know, before um, there was so much quote unquote resistance, so, so much like fear, you know, like, oh my God, I can't do it. Or feeling that fear would overrun me and like, oh, I'm so dumb, I'm so this, I'm so that, that negative self-talk that it would sabotage my ability to act on the very healing that I had just hired. Okay. And so did you, so are these skills, this is proprietary skills, like I can't yes. go online and find these and they're not something I've heard about, like, do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, this is the thing, you know, I mean, skills are skills. You can get a lot of skills online. You can just go communication skills. And you can just go online and get a whole bunch of communication skills. But the Wheel of Fear and the Wheel of Freedom is proprietary. And the way you get it is several ways. One, you can get it. Uh, the best way to get it, obviously, is come to the Fearless Foundation Workshop and have me support you through the process with my mm -hmm. coaches. That's live and in person. And that's always the best way to do it because, you know, you're there with us and you have that visceral experience. The second best way to get it is taking my online course, the Fearless Living Training Program, and I take you through it online at, with coaches. They have live classes. So they can answer your questions and support you. And then the third best way is hiring a coach. Well, hiring a coach is actually one of the best ways. Hiring a coach, a certified fearless living coach. 
And then the last best way is getting my book and reading it and doing the exercises on your own. And when anybody wants to just buy the book and do the exercises on their own, I always say to do it with a partner because your fear is going to trick you and you're going to think your wheel of fear is something else and it's not. So you can't do this work by yourself in a, in a, in a, in a vacuum because fear will just pick fear. We'll just pick fear. We'll just pick fear. Okay. That's interesting. And I've read your book and it's really good. I like the stories and everything that are in there. Excellent. Um, I, I resonated with the one about Daniel, which I don't know why, but I just felt like, you know, you can only see yourself in some stories. So anyway, um, okay. So for, you know, letting yourself shine, letting myself shine. Um, I see it as a new paradigm for women um, to create, creating new role models. Um, just because up until this point, you know, our society, Western culture has been very male dominated. And then we have kind of internalized like as women to stay small, like, you know, and that, you know, I've been doing research. Some of it's passed down, like you've mentioned from our mothers and just yeah. how society um, operates. Yes. How it operates. So what is your take on coming at it, at women's empowerment from that ang angle? Like um, on the one hand, I have research saying that there's this thing called the mother wound and it's because we've always taught women to stay small. That's the center, um, the missing link in women's empowerment. How does fearless living stand up to that? Well, fearless living is part and parcel of that. I mean, yeah. in order to move beyond the mother wound, you have to master your fear. Have you heard of that? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've okay. done everything. <laughs> no, okay, cool. It's refreshing. Well, most everything. I probably haven't done everything, but I've done oh, many things. Oh, okay, good. So I've yeah. done a lot of uh, okay. you know, uh, female work. I've done yeah. a lot of saint. I've worked, uh, you know, I've studied the saints, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, so the mother wound is, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, um, well, I'll just say what I, what's coming through me right now when you, when you mention the mother wound. I mean, the mother wound is for me, um, this deep healing of worthiness and value. And it is being truly like soaked up in love, right? Because if you think of, um, uh, Amma, the hugging saint, right? What does she do? She basically helps you heal that mother wound by hugging you for eternity and you just want to be hugged forever for all the times you weren't hugged, for all the pain that you suffered, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all wonderful and that's awesome. And I totally want women to do it. I think, yes, 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 yes. And for some women, they'll be able to do that and access that in a workshop or by reading a book, but it'll be very difficult to do at work or difficult to do with their spouse or difficult to do with their partner. Or, or they'll get it a little bit, but then they'll lose it, right? I mean, I think all of us have experienced that where I took this workshop and I learned this cool thing. I read this book and I learned this cool thing and I'm going to practice it. And then we do it for like two weeks and then we don't ever think of it again. Right. And that's where fear comes in because in order to actually heal the mother wound, you must be fearless. You must be a warrior. You must actually be facing your fears. The mother wound isn't going to be healed passively. It has to actively be healed and that takes courage. And that's exactly what fearless living does is it gives you a vehicle to give you the courage to do the very thing you want to do, whether that's heal the mother wound, whether that's open your own business, whether that's become a Reiki master, you know, whether that's uh, using herbs, like all of those things. I mean, when somebody becomes a herbalist, they have to face society, they have to face their family, right? There's, 
there's all these things that we're afraid we're going to lose our tribe, right? Our number one human need is connection and belonging. And it's the very thing of survival. Like we have to connect and belong to survive. So anytime that we're going outside the norm, outside the, the patriarchal society that we are living in at this moment is we have to be fearless because we are not just doing it to this one man. We're doing it to all men. We're doing it to our fathers, our brothers, our grandparents. So it, it, is, it, it is bringing all of that to bear. So in order to heal the mother wound, which again, I love, I love all of that. Um, I love all that uh, conversation about woundedness and uh, I think it's beautiful and amazing, but having awareness about it is not enough. You know, having awareness that you have a mother wound is not enough. I mean, I have a mother wound. My mother was murdered. So I definitely have, you know, a mother wound, right? But that, but that knowing that information wasn't enough for me. I had to do a lot of things in order to actually transcend it in order not to be run by it on a subconscious, on an unconscious yeah. level. So it does make sense. And so I'm wondering like something coming to mind playing devil's advocate. So if fearless living gives you the courage to handle the mother wound, what if somebody says, I already have the courage, should I just go in and hand work on the mother wound or should I go to fearless living first? Well, you know, you, you, it doesn't matter which order, right? I mean, um, you're going to go with the order that you're going to go. You know, I think when I first started personal development and spirituality, I thought there was an order. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, so you do uh, science of mind, and then you do, you know, then you do uh, Marianne Williamson and Course in Miracles, and then you do um, Eckhart Tolle, you know, like there's a level, but that's not true. Um, you're going to go where you're moved to go, and if you have the courage to listen to the place that you're supposed to go next, you'll just go there. So whether it's the mother wound and you start hitting up against the wall of being able to actualize it, which brings you to fearless living, or you do fearless living, which gives you access and permission to deepen into the mother wound. It doesn't matter, right? It really depends on your awareness. And when I mean awareness, awareness of how you get stopped now. You know, everybody out there is doing what they need to do in order to become a better human being. So whether that's spiritual work, whether that's personal development work, whether that's leadership work, whether that's healing work, right? You know, everybody on some level that's awake is doing this work. And the work, whatever work they're doing is valuable, valid, and important. What I've done is that work only got me so far. And it was lovely and I love it and I still use it. I still go to shaman, I still do mother work. I mean, I still do all that as proactive behaviors. But it didn't, for me, solve the underlying feeling and it did not eliminate my negative self-talk. Fearless living is the only thing that did that for me. So will, will fearless living, like um, I, I've read in a book or, I mean, you said, did you say you, have, you had a wall up, you know? When you, before you discovered fearless living or would you oh, say sure. that? I'm sure. I'm sure we all do. You know, we all yeah. are walking around with walls because remember the way our brain and body are set up. Now, again, I, I, this is not, this is not a, oh, this is how I think the body and brain are set up. This is neuroscience research. The body and brain are set up to survive. So we are predicting machines. We are, um, body-based uh, machines. We are trying to figure out how to survive in every situation. 
So a wall can be a really handy tool when we don't have any other tools. Resistance is a really handy tool if we don't have other tools. So all the tools, all the skills and tools that you develop from the age of zero to 25, 30, where you are, and that aren't working for you anymore, were effective when you were younger. Having a wall up was effective and it kept you safe. Yeah. But when we want to transcend our past, when we want to move past our past, we must stop, quote unquote, must choose to give up the tools and give up those skills that are actually keeping us trapped in the box of the past, right? So the wall was a handy dandy tool when we were younger. That was important. We kept us safe. That was awesome. But now that we're 25, 30, 35, 40, et cetera, having a wall up is keeping us from love, keeping us from yeah. trust, keeping us from connection, keeping us from belonging, keeping us from, uh, you know, from what we want. Hmm. So again, it's not about dissing any tool that you've ever used. It's about honoring the tools of the past, but now choosing a different path. But never diss what worked for you before, because it did work for you before. That wall worked. The resistance worked. And now it doesn't. So, you know, and I want to shine. I want to love myself. I want to know what that really feels like to to be like, I'm enough for myself. Mm -hmm. And so... Is that in order to do that, like brave work is, do I have to like have a quote unquote breakdown while I'm doing, you know, you have realizations. So, yeah. yeah. Some, people, some people have breakdowns. Some people don't have breakdowns. Yeah. Don't think breakdowns are required, but most people, most people do because I'll tell you why. When you see yourself in the innocence that you are and you see the beauty of who you are and you fall in love with yourself, not on a you know, egotistical level, but from a true soul level, um, you'll have deep sadness about all the times you hurt yourself, about all the times you betrayed yourself, about all the times that you put yourself second. You will have sadness about that. And you will have joy because you see it now. But both of those things coexist, right? So that's why when people say, oh my God, it's such hard work. Well, it's hard work to face yourself in the sense of the decisions you made in the past you made from the best from the best place you knew how but now you have a different filter you have a different way to make decisions and too many people look back at their whole life and then have regret about the decisions like oh i if i only knew what i knew now right For sure but we don't and we didn't so one of the core skills that i teach my coaches my certified fair living coaches is the concept of innocence and you know we meet our clients with innocence first and foremost that wherever you are in life, whether you have a wall up, wall down, resistance, not resistance, quote unquote, whatever it is, um, we know that that's not your true nature. We know that that is not who you really are. That's just you because you're afraid. And so seeing yourself in innocence, seeing yourself through the eyes of innocence um, moves that sadness and that regret into joy. Okay. So after I take the fearless living program or can I expect to be super shiny, be walk into a room and light it up and be confident and love myself? Well, sure. If you do the work, Yeah. Right? you know, right. It's not right. It's not just, you know, reading the book or taking the class or attending the workshop. Now you're going to have a set of tools and skills that I'm going to give you. And you know, you work it right. You keep working it. And what's great is that whether you do the course uh, or whether you do fearless, you know, fearless foundation workshop and meet me live, 
um, you know, we our whole thing is support and community. We are all about support and community because no one can be fearless alone. So yes, will you shine more? Yes. Will you love yourself more? Yes. Um, if you allow yourself to, if you believe me and believe your wheel of freedom and work your wheel of freedom, yes, all those things will happen. I mean, I've had people, I can't even tell you the hundreds and thousands of stories that I've had from people that have changed their relationships, that have changed their family dynamic, that have changed their opinion about their weight, have changed the way that they see themselves in the mirror. I mean, you know, when people say, what's your niche? I'm like, fear, because <laughs> it changes your whole life. It's not just fear in relationships. It's fear everywhere and how it shows up everywhere. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I just have one final question. And so um, I, a lot of people have been kind of like, no, I don't think things are going to happen for women or yes, I do. And do you see women becoming like super empowered and actually earning their place, not only in career, but in other aspects of their life and being full? First women? of all, they, first of all, they don't have to earn their place. Yeah. That's that was a bad way to put it. That's true. Yeah. So, so there is no earning their place. Mm -hmm. So yes, women are going to evolve. Remember in, you know, how many, don't know how many thousands of years ago, but women were actually in charge thousands of years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah. So, um, we, it was a matriarchal society years oh, ago. Oh, okay. And then, so that we have had, When was that? I don't remember the year. Okay. That's interesting. Like, oh, I didn't know that. 5,000 years ago, the 2000, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, and in some cultures today, women are yeah. in charge, mm -hmm. right? I quote unquote, um, and again, not, I don't even say to say in charge, it's in partnership, right? Because, because that's the thing about women. It's not us being in charge. It's about us creating partnerships. Yeah. And, you know, everything is done together, not separate. No one gets isolated. Yeah. So um, do I think that women are going to find themselves and claim their place? Yes. Um, are they already starting to? Yes. Have there been women in the last 200 years that have done it already? Yes. Um, I mean, there, there, I mean, we can see so many examples of women that single-handedly uh, owned their power and stood up, right? So we as individual women can't wait for the mob. We have to do it now. We have to do it ourselves. So we can't wait for all women to get there because we're actually the women that must do it. Hmm. That's really interesting. That's a really good point. We are going to be the women our daughters thank us, you yeah. know, that we did the work that we did, right? Mm -hmm. We are going to be the women that our grandchildren think. So, but we have to do it. So you can't wait for a group of women to be out in front and then you draft them like in a bike race, right? You actually have to have the courage to step out your own self and put your foot out first. And you're the one that maybe goes over the starting line in a particular area. You know, you might be the first woman at work that speaks back to the boss. You might be the first woman in your family that doesn't take abuse from your mate, right? So you might be the first in your family, maybe not the first, of course, anywhere, but the first, and it's going to feel like the first for you, no matter what, even if there's 20 women that have already done it, when you do it, it will feel like the first because it is going to be scarier than bejeebers. And I think that's the fallacy. The fallacy is that you are going to be confident when you first do this. No, confidence is earned. Confidence isn't just a given, it is earned. So I think people are waiting for confidence to take bold action. And in fact, confidence comes from taking bold action. So you can't get confidence first. Confidence is a result, it is not the precursor. So you know we're waiting to be different in order to move forward. 
But in fact, our desire to move forward is what will create the change and make us different. So we've got it backwards, right? We're waiting for some permission out there. We're waiting for some to draft people, right? But that is actually, um, that is actually not true and it's actually the coward's way, right? And again, not cowards in a negative sense, but because we're afraid and we have to honor that fear and we can't be stopped by it. Hmm. That, that is, you know, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I just, I will say that, um, push back a little bit because I am that person who speaks up to the boss, like kind of like, I know it may not seem like it, but I have, and I've actually been fired and been, you know, yeah. a couple times. So yeah. like it hurts, like, and you're like, how can I keep doing this? Is it wrong? You know? No, well, but see that, so, so the, you doing it is awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. But again, we're going to go back to what we talked about earlier, which is skill. Yeah. Do you have the skill to do it in an impactful, powerful, positive way? Mm. Or are you just saying whatever comes to mind? Yeah. Right. So, so that's not effective. Um, also, you have to be strategic. You have to be thoughtful. You have to be awake and you have to be skilled. Yeah. Um, also, nobody said that when you take bold steps, you're going to succeed. That, that's not part of the package. It's about taking a bold step and then going, oh my God, I got fired for that. I need to learn some skills. Yeah, I, I, need, I need to learn how to do this differently because that, was, that didn't work, right? Um, but did it? Didn't it work? It did work for the bigger picture because it's getting you to think about how do I speak powerfully and impactfully and how do I make a difference in a way, uh, in a more, a more powerful way. So, you know, your quote unquote getting fired may be the catalyst for you to actually become the woman you're meant to be. Hmm. So again, we, when we first start this stuff, we're unskilled, we're just kind of flopping around. But the point is, is not that it doesn't work. The point is that you're not skilled. And I don't mean you literally, but people out there are not skilled. And they think that just because they tell the truth in an unskilled way that it's going to get them what they want. And that may or may not work. And that's not the point anyway. That's a good point. Okay. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Let me just, um, I learned so much from this from, and you know, always open new doors, I feel like. And so I'm so grateful. Thank you. You're welcome. And